0: the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us go through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello, Barons. Today's Tenuous Links golf podcast is brought to you by Ping Hepler Putters. A series of nine models of adjustable length putters with a machine milled solid face for golfers who prefer a firmer feel and sound on the greens. Multi-material mallets and mid-mallets provide extreme forgiveness while a premium contrasting copper and black finish provides alignment cues over the putt. A stiffer adjustable length shaft first released with the popular Sigma 2 range can be fit for all stroke types whether you prefer a straight, slightly arced or strong arc stroke. Play your best on the greens by putting a Hepler putter in your bag. Available now. Check out the whole range at ping.com. Today on the show, we have both Philly and the head of our production team, Davin, on board, gents. Lovely to see you as always. Good to be with you, fellas. It is a delight. And, Damien, I must say,
1: expertly reviewed, as annoying as the banter was, I think, quote, unquote, the the Hepler putter.
0: (laughs) The feedback wasn't the most favorable stuff you've had. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right. We gave a bit back. All good. You sound like you hated the review, Phil.
1: I love the, the review, Shooter, but we don't start with love. That's what I was hinting oh, at. Oh, right. We start with hate. Yes. No, but I didn't hate the review. But I tell you what, I do hate. Well, not a hate. This is a. I meant
0: you hated the review of the review.
1: No, no. I actually loved it because I just did what I was told. Hate. Hate. There's not really a hate. It's actually though something about the game of golf that I really get strong uh, empathy with, which is fear of certain shots, and particularly the first tee shot. Uh, We were filming out at Club Mandalay a week or so, a couple of weeks ago, doing some outrageous champagne comedy (laughs) type stuff where there might have been a couple of incidents with footage, and there was a a young bloke on the first tee who teed the ball up, stood over it as confident as anything, and his swing actually looked like he could – really play a little bit. And then he topped it and it went like five metres almost across his left foot. And I thought golf's bloody hard and it's hard enough without a bunch of idiots staring at you with camera gear and tripods and all the rest of it. But when technically the ga- it should look like things work and don't, in contrast to Jim Furyk.
0: This is my story, Phil. The amount of people that say, oh, you should be playing off three or four. And I'm like, what, A hole? Look at my score. Both of him. See, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you look. And this is what we talked about briefly last week, it doesn't matter how good your swing looks. It's how effective it is. And I'm incredibly ineffective, and apparently not overly, overly it, pretty. Is hard. there
2: a shot uh, uh, that is, that has more pressure than the first tee in an entire round? Uh,
1: there is not. Uh, probably the closest mm. would be a three foot putt
0: on the 18th in front of the clubhouse. We're put- no, I'd still give it the first that first tee shot for sure because you you don't know what's ahead of you. You know that this could be the thing that sets you up for four hours of absolute sheer pain and and mental anguish. Whereas the putt, fill, you know you know the worst case scenario you're gonna you lip out. Everyone's done it. Tap it in. Oh well, damn, and you're out of there. You can go and hide. You can put <laughs> your I- head between your tail. Before you putter in the damn,
1: I- go and look for
2: it. <laughs> but, but I think that because usually you've got an audience that that aren't playing with you. On the first tee, and and you know that they're going to judge you on that one shot. Whether you, if you cream it, they're going to their their judgment will be, well, this guy can play. And if you do what that fella did and topped it, they're just going to think you're a, you're, you're a goose. And you could play the game of your life from that point on. And you just know that those people will still walk away from the course, going, "Well, that guy was it was an Did you <laughs> exactly. see that muppet on the? First? That's the pressure I feel. Yeah. <laughs> do you know the. <laughs>
1: The great thing about this step is there are people driving to golf, listening to this <laughs> podcast right now, and you have just sowed a seed of there are people. But see,
2: you're, you're 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 <laughs> a- people <laughs> Philly,
1: people Philly. <laughs>
2: Congratulations on
1: just ruining the golf game of hundreds of people.
2: Well, one. But them. I mean, uh, like, for, for plenty of good golfers, yes, the, the, there's there's a negative to that. But for players like me, I have an opportunity as a terrible golfer to make all these people believe that I'm a great golfer by hitting one good shot. That's all I need, one shot, and I've fooled everybody. And they'll they'll be none the wiser for the next three hours.
1: Dev, Dev, you know, I went through a a phase of thinking that I could project a bad result onto people. So if I were to barrack for Collingwood as an example, I I came to the belief that if by watching a Collingwood game, I could make them (laughs) lose. And so I just stopped watching them. I used to hate – I had a mate of mine who played on tour for a while and the Australian Open once was at Victoria Golf Club and the first hole they made a really long par three. I had this genuine fear that by watching him hit off, he'd shank it. He was one of the best ball strikers the game has – literally the game has ever seen. I had this fear that by watching him I'd shank it.
2: So I turned my back when he hit off and waited for the applause. (laughs) It's 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 like a Rafa superstition.
1: What, what, sorry. What, what?
2: <laughs> Rafa? Rafael Nadal. Have you not have um, you ever have you ever seen him play? <laughs> he he is the he's the he's he's the he's the he's, the, he's, the, he's, the, he's it, just the, the the most obvious superstition person because he has so many, like every point. Anyway, well let's move, let's move on. Let's move away.
0: Very idiosyncratic for sure. I'll tell you what I hate, Phil, Dave, I hate injuries. <laughs> I can't stand them. And I'm may or may not be referring to a uh Fairly badly torn hamstring, which was uh, which happened while skylarking with an under 10's <laughs> footy team on Dewy Grass early Saturday morning, trying to be uh, trying to be a a bit of a funny coach. What Don't was, the what was the, it, what was um, the what was the play?
2: What was the what was the the physical demand that you placed upon your hamstring?
0: Well this is this is actually the now I've I've had a few hamstrings in my time. People that know me, I've done some fairly serious ones at fairly high speed. On this occasion, the most innocuous injury I've ever had, and it's and it felled me. Big tree falls hard. <laughs> um just bounce just bouncing balls, pretending the guy I, I was I was losing my balance and he was gonna overrun me, something silly like that, and then planted the foot. She slid up. She slid nice and hard, and um, a bit of the extra, the, the COVID <laughs> kilos, a little bit extra, more than it was, more than the old strings were ready to take. And then pop and uh, down she down she went. Sad, and I didn't get a lot of sympathy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> first thing is it's not 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 great for filming. You're meant to be filming. Oh
2: no. So how, how much how um, much anyway. hamstring recruitment is there involved in a golf swing?
0: There's more than I realised because I've tried to um well especially cuz see for me it's my left being a right-handed uh, golfer yep. it's my left leg so you you want to post up on that yep. so basically you're putting a, a lot of your weight going through it and well no it's good, it's no interesting because them. i
2: i have a friend of mine who just who isn't who is halfway through the 25 push up challenge that's going around so he's done 12 and a half so <laughs> he's done 12 and a half <laughs> 25 push ups in 25 days he's 12 and a half days through he said he had the worst game of golf he's ever played because of the tightness and his, his, his pecs are pulling inward because he's uh, never done anything physical in the upper body range his entire life. <laughs> and so I just wonder about the the biomechanical impact of, of little nicks and little tweaks and little tense bits, you know. You have a tough week in the office. You're hunched over. What does that do to your golf game?
1: It would be remiss of me at this point in time, Dave, not to refer back to Caddyshack. Uh, and Carl Spackler talking to Ty Webb about how to fix Schmales. And he referred to the fact that, you know, the best way to fix Schmales is you get a knife and you cut his right hamstring because he'll go back onto his right leg and he'll never be able to get through the ball and he'll just be hitting, I, I think he'll, he'll just be cutting
0: the bejesus <laughs> out of his. Um
1: So you, you just need to be, you need to be strong and stable. Steak and tilt, or otherwise,
0: that, to be sure. that could almost be a um, a myth that we need to need to work out, boys. Whether or not being really crazy tight ha- does actually have a massive effect. I mean, we, obviously, we think it would, but maybe it doesn't. Go on, I'll, I'll do Just the, I'll get massaged and rela- and get the nice deep tissue massaging, boys. I'm happy. Well, to do Well,
2: maybe it's you know thirty push ups uh, and thirty sit ups before you tee off, and let's see. <laughs> Is that all? Belt, <laughs> one handed though, one handed push ups. <laughs> Sounded
0: like he was pretty sore, Dav. Was he? Um, was he able to to pull the flag out? Or?
2: <laughs> yeah, nice segue. Uh, I will say that that, that they, were, they were they were questionable pushups to begin with. So call them halfies. He was he was not far off off, off, a, knee, off a knee push-up, but um, that brings me to my hate shooter. <laughs> Let's get to it. <laughs> How do we feel about this coronavirus ruling of not being able to pull the flag out of the hole? Because, or touch the, or flag, touch the really. flag at all, because, uh, mm. you know, it's made, it's made me edgy on the greens. It's a couple of balls have popped out, and I'm not. Uh, and what about on the uh, that, green? What, <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> Pop a belly man, drop
2: off. <laughs> I mean, surely, surely a couple of pump action sanitation canisters at the end of every hole could do the trick just as well as uh, not being able to touch the flag. The flag stick. It shows how
0: much creatures of habit we actually do become in a game like this as well. Because I'm, I'm very much of the thinking that I really struggle putting with a flag stick Excited. in. Just visually for me, it feels so wrong, and it's obviously just because I haven't done it. I, I had never done it up until that point. I always was a was an outie. So for me, it is a it is a. It's a big step in the sense of, of it's distracting as all get out to me. So, yeah, I feel your pain there, Dav, but it's understandable why we can't do it. And it's really it's, it's probably not that big a deal, but I feel like it is to me. And any excuse that I can muster to, uh, to use for my poor, poor game, then I will take it.
1: Well, I've gone 180 on this. I, I've gone from, as you know, I was a very anti-flagstick art. I mean, I was absolutely adamant that you just can't put the flag stick in. Yes, yeah, so you agreed and, with me,
0: and you hated the fact that you agreed with me.
1: And I still hate the fact. In fact, I hate the fact so much that I've decided that to decided to the the just. That you've decided, that I've decided to get over the fact that I don't like the flag stick in, and now I've embraced it and love it. But I tell you something that was of interest is that there's an old putting technique to try and keep your head still, which is to listen to the ball going in the hole, and it was proposed to me by someone who shall remain nameless. Al, that is there an opportunity for the inlay within the hole to go from being a foam inlay because you can't hear the ball go in. So do we need to actually have a little sound or you know put a tin liner, you know, three inches down the hole so you actually get that maybe a little speaker when a little speaker,
2: it's a little speaker um, that's yeah, triggered by yeah, a movement, it's a little movement, and it just says the little putting sound.
1: Uh, don't be flippant. I think this is the biggest issue in the flag in.
2: I thought we it's just gave it. it some, going I thought in. we
0: just gave a bad idea some credibility, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: That's not my last, and it won't be my last. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'll move on from there, Phil. (laughs) Dav, we're going to move on to our loves, and I I do have to – I've got to throw up a bit of a confession. Look, last week I may or may not have thrown you under the bus – on the podcast about uh, losing some pretty <laughs> cool footage.
2: Well, you've burnt my love already. You've, you've burnt my opportunity to, to to come in and just and just talk about how much I love drone footage. It's it's just changed the way that we film this great game of golf. And you know, look, no video should be without drone footage. And I've been saying and, that. <laughs> and I particularly love it when you have to shoot it twice. You know, twice uh, as good. <laughs> yes, sadly, gentlemen, with the the missing memory card has not turned up. I don't know how it disappeared from pack up to me pulling the drone out and looking for the footage. Just on the drone footage, yeah. Dav What do you? Because
0: you know, I'm a I'm a lover of drone footage. I think it's it just takes things to eleven on a golf yeah. course. What is it that you think it really delivers or changes in a filmic sense?
2: Well, it does. It does three things. It gives a vertical perspective, which is quite not yeah, quite. It's quite novel, and anything bird's eye. It, it looks pretty, and and when I say vertic- vertical or, or bird's eye view, and and that all automatically gives you a wider field of view, a wider perspective. So you're seeing the course from a different angle, and you're seeing more of it within the frame. But the the, the other two things, I think that it does is it adds stabilized movement and, and a lot of people that use drone don't use it to its fullest potential they just think get it get it that's as high as you can actually okay, ask you about, yeah. yeah get it as high as yeah. you can and I know we had uh, a good conversation with Dave Scaletti about this because he talked a lot yep. about you know the, the the bird's eye shot people just kind of rest on that and they just think well that's that's yep. the only shot you need whereas as we know you know you, you don't need to be hundred meters in the air to get a pretty shot you can be yeah. You just you need a fill size perspective. Yeah, or just it. a little bit higher. And then the movement. The movement is so smooth. It's so <laughs> consistent. <laughs>
1: it's Sorry, just, that was just a
2: quick it's, it's, gig- it's called a yeah, giraffe's eye. <laughs> i <I've> had worse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so the first thing is, 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 a, is a new, broader perspective. Second thing is stabilised movement. I'm sure there were three in there. <laughs>
0: we found the third somewhere. I'll
1: tell you the third thing, Dad. The third thing is reshooting the footage. Okay. And we're talking about one of the most nerve-wracking shots in golf. Well, how about needing to hit another green, knowing how bad I am from 70 yards and in, now with the drone, when the first time I started hitting the green, and this time I've got to somehow replicate this miraculous efforts of hitting a green... Continually whilst well, the was up there, so I'm going to have to get really good at. Well, the we,
2: we we just need to see, we just need to see balls on the green. So just you just need to sit there and pepper them, and we'll just take the bad ones away and just leave the good ones, Phil. And then I'll get. <laughs> and up. you guys are you're giving them all
0: a false sense of um of just how, how authentic golf barons uh, <laughs> the you're show is. It's
2: <laughs> I <did> that. <laughs> <laughs> Fix it in post, Phil.
0: Some courses a lot better look a lot better from from a drone perspective, and I know Phil, you've got one that you that would just come up absolutely magnificently on drone.
1: I do, and there's been a bit of uh, good work and credit where it's due to Will Watt and Caddy Mag for around the national. But it's been it does look exceptional just because of the contours and the changes in elevation. But leading into that, it actually is my love talking about the national because I don't want to go on about it too much, but. How good courses can be in the middle of winter. Yeah, lucky enough to play there last week, and the greens the best they've ever been. And it's the middle of the Australian winter is absolutely extraordinary. At a time we expect things to be boggy and otherwise. And yes, we we need more rain, something to come and wash the COVID away. But it's just such a joy to actually get on a golf course that is in. Pretty close to perfect condition when it has no right to be. So all credit to greenskeepers, and I mean greenskeepers everywhere who bust their arse to present golf courses in the best possible light. I love the fact that skilled people who are skilled at their art, whether it be keeping drone footage or losing it, are able to execute continually
0: and deliver the golf course in the
1: best possible condition. So
0: three votes. Are Are you the first member who isn't complaining about a golf course, Phil?
1: I will absolutely- See, that could be my love.
0: I could change my love to that. That'd be, that's a nice change. Going back to
1: my days at La Trobe when uh, Mickey Hyatt was the- Sixties. Greenskeeper. Um, one of the key things is to always give thanks to people because they're not- Like, if there's a wet spot, they haven't tried to ruin it. They're trying to- you know. There's some stuff called rain and there's a thing called water table and clay. And the toilets
0: and, aren't that close. Is- mm.
1: It really, really pisses me off when people can't stop whinging and whinging about, oh, the bunker wasn't this and the bunker wasn't that and the greens are a bit
0: rough and... (laughs) We're all victims. Hey, High flying
1: grass, not hydroponically, and see how you go. <laughs> You've had a tough
0: <laughs> week. <laughs> but speaking of um, speaking of perf- perfect greens, um, I'm rather fond. My love, this is moving into my love for this week. Um, I'm rather fond of the fact that we'll see Phil Mickelson play at the U.S. Open at Winged Foot. Phil, the sight of arguably his biggest brain fade, certainly as a, at a major back in um, 2006, when of course our very own Jeff Ogilvy won. Uh, won the U.S. Open. Now I love this for a number of reasons. Earlier in the year, uh, Phil did say the other Phil, the lefty, said that he he stated he wanted to to earn his place into this year's U.S. Open field, and he looked like he was a good chance of missing. He didn't want to take a um, an exemption from the USGA, but after all this COVID debacle and the cancellation of the local and sectional qualifying, he's decided. Yep, that he's. Come under an exemption, and he's happy to take it. I think it was the top seventy in the world, or something, and he was around. Where was he ranked? Sixty-four, or something like that. If, if, if I'm if I'm correct. So anyway, he gets in on on merit, at least ostensibly. Now, while he might be considered a bit of a wild card in this field, what a story it would be to to finally see Lefty complete the collection of majors, get the whole set, and after he's been so close so many times, well, six times, six times he's been runner up. Now he's now he's just turned fifty. So it's obviously it's a it's a big ask, but you just you got to be in it to win it, and he's now in it, so he's a chance. I think it would be a magnificent story. I love the fact that he's given another chance because these are the stories, the fairy tale stories, I guess, like the Tom Wats- Tom Watson nearly a few years ago at the Open. These are the stories that just the romance of a win like that does plenty for golf in general.
1: Or standing on the 18th tee and hitting another block cut. That would be even better. Hospitality (laughs) sense. That would be even better. As long as it's to an Australian, (laughs) to an Aussie.
0: That's the only the only thing I'd like him to win. But I
1: yes. (laughs) We all see that. You're such a cynical
0: bastard. I knew you were going to come out with that. Um, But it's been moved, so it's in September now. So um, I I don't know. I I just really love the idea that that we're going to see Phil. An open without
2: Phil isn't really an open. What What constitutes a brain fart on a golf course?
0: Um, I said brain fade, but um,
2: I can <laughs> I can bring it down to your level. Um,
0: <laughs> Ask and Poulter. <laughs> well, basically, so basically, what happened was Phil. What was he? Le- was he leading? I'm trying to remember. Was he leading? I can't remember. He was. He was leading. He on the last day. T- all he had to do was make par from memory, and he <laughs> instead of uh, just putting a ball in play, he got his he got his driver out. Uh, his caddy told him not to do it. He said, "No, no I'm hitting it," and he just absolutely. Would you call it a slice fill of epic proportions? He's basically <laughs> like hit it. very wary of buying a continent. I'd call it a block cut. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was horrendous, and he just, and he basically he just blew it with right. a really a couple of poor decisions. So and some poor bad decision. shots.
2: Well, it just what compels us to make to make really outlandish decisions in moments where we should be really conservative.
0: But everything's outland um, everything becomes outlandish. <laughs> yeah, everything becomes outlandish in re- retrospect, though, Dad. But that 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 if absolute if he flushes that that drive. How risky was then it? Then it's oh he's got he's got that's when they say he's got ice in his veins. Yeah, the, and, you know so it is it is all retrospective. Risk reward, um, I
1: suppose? Pretty. Um, much um, there's so. a few examples. I mean, there's a lot of good examples mm. of them that have been discussed over the years, though. I mean,
0: you got Van der Velde, Van der an absolutely brain fade. Um, even recently, or even a you know, brain John
1: Rumm, you know, trying to hit a 4,000-yard seven iron out of a bunker with his caddy saying, no, 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 just chip out. Well, you know, we might get up and down and everything will be okay. No, I'll hit this shot. Well, okay then, dickhead, off you go. So caddies, we do blame caddies for a lot, but often you'll hear a caddy say to a player, here's what you need to do, and every now and again they muck it up. Adam Scott gave Steve Williams credit for that winning putt at, at the Masters, Masters saying yeah. that Steve Williams read it two cups Further out than Adam And Scott. told him, He'd hit that
0: line. Just, I know it, yeah.
1: And he just backed him in. So every now and again, you hmm. back a caddy. It's really a caddy giving bad advice. Other than Kipper, it's really a caddy giving bad advice.
0: Has there ever been another bad. caddy who's been sacked five times in one hole? <laughs> uh, we will delve into that at some point. He got sacked yeah, five but, times in one There's a history
1: hole. <laughs> lesson. The sackings of caddies.
0: I don't know if the podcast is long enough. <laughs>
1: Is, but a brain fade, what do you do? I mean, that's that execution of a skill under pressure is the ultimate execution and and you see some do it and you see some don't and some thrive on it. Jack Nicholas, Diger, these guys thrive absolutely thrive on it, and you see other guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't want to mention Greg Norman. But Some, people Some people yeah, are clutch. Some
2: people are just clutch. But, that, but
0: that's just that is just sport in general, though, isn't it? And there, and often an early win like that is the thing that makes you become that, yeah. you know, the invincible guy down the track because you've you, every time you do it, it gets as even Tiger says. Every time he wins, it it's more comfortable when you're going down that, you know, walking down. The I
2: coast. have a I have a theory about that. And uh, look, this, this, just, just, just pull the brakes on me if if you need to, fellas. But there, I have a theory about. And look, there's there's, there's talk about this in sports, like, but there is a an arousal level that that is individualistic to the point where you you perform optimally to, at a certain arousal level. And I think there's no greater arousal level than make this shot to win this thing. And some mm. people they perform at that level, at the top level, with that level of that uh, arousal. And some people just some just go off up. a bit too quickly. A- and I early. think it's why you see some players really need to g themselves up just to perform, and some players really need to stay calm and and bring the the, the you know the, the the arousal levels down. And I think the ones that need to really work hard to stay calm in high pressure situations, I think you'll find. Perform not that great in key moments. Are you trying to sell us those <laughs> drugs again, Dave? The new tropics? new tropics. Get on them. Get on them. Tropics. Um, is, is that why? Is
0: that why you see a lot of a lot of the guys who are quite emotional can struggle in those situations? So, like a guys like not, not to put them under a throw him under a bus, but like a like a Sergio seems to have a bit of trouble controlling his emotions at the best of times, which is also a cultural thing, obviously. The Spanish are very emotional, <clears throat> yeah. very passionate people.
2: Well, um, yeah, th- that's why I think it's it's about the relationship between the two. So it's not just about being like super excited versus super calm. It's audio. knowing yeah, okay. where, where you perform optimally. And that's why you mm. see some people that are yelling and screaming all the time and ging themselves up in certain sports. Because that, that's where they play their best, you know, not to talk about tennis again, but Leighton Hewitt just wouldn't shut up because he needs to be like – Oh, come on. <laughs> what was the uh, – there was, there was a great line about, <laughs> about Leighton Hewitt is, we love him – you love him because he's an Aussie and you hate him because he's a knob. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your line. No, no, it it was, was, that was David Tench. Do you remember David Tench? He was, he, he no, he was it, was, a, Scott it Scott. was an Andrew Denton produced show. Chat oh, show, yes, and it I was do an animation, it was an animated cartoon, it was, it was terrible. It was but horrendous. that line comes from that show, it's the only thing I remember from that entire show, yes. But anyway, I digress, it's, it's
0: game changing stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Play at your Phil- optimal arousal level. That's the tip, guys. That's the take home, that's the take home,
0: Philly. Where do you play at your optimal arousal level? Is that over sh- short putts, long putts? I don't know. Is there anything that could relate to a game changer in here somewhere?
1: I oh, will tell you what, I know what I was thinking, but what I'll say, I don't actually know what level because I'm yet to discover it. <laughs> discover it, but I'm searching. Every time I play, I'm searching. I go from chanting and you know mantras and self-talk. <laughs> I can't find anything, but I tell you what, I do think that if I didn't have to hole a short putt, or more to the point, if I penalised myself every time the ball pulled up short of the hole, Mm -hmm. I would be a far more engaged golfer. And I've stolen an idea about this. How is that for a really bad segue? Someone who will also remain tree nameless. Short putt penalty, social golf, just an idea because I've just had to move on because we were getting too deep too early. Short putt penalty. How about next time you're playing with your mates in a group of you know, whatever it is. Every time you leave a putt short of the hole, it's a $5 penalty. $5? $5. For every putt short of the hole. Is this going to be means tested? So there's no more tap, tap, tap it in. Well, you've got to choose, pick and choose who you play with. But there's no more tap, tap, tap it in.
2: What if you're playing like with that? Michael Jordan?
1: <laughs> you don't get 5 bucks for sneezing <laughs> against Jordan, but- the idea being that if you, it's trying to encourage a change of the game and trying to get every, the ball to the hole, more putts in theory will go in if they make it to the hole because I've heard a rumour that you can't hole a putt that pulls up short. But the, the counter to that is if you hole a putt, say, 20 foot or longer, you get mm. your money refunded. So let's say you've had four putts early on <laughs> that have all come up short. But then you hole a twenty footer because you're trying to get the ball to the hole, your money's refunded, and so the pool just comes back to you. I think it was a stroke of genius, and he's, this person is probably going to be pissed off at me for
0: airing the twenty footer thing. Is, is that come off the back of your eight second rule or the eight second challenge that we had? Have you have you decided that that's <laughs> are you just giving yourself a pat on the back there, or twenty footer? I, I was 150 <laughs> feet away from the pin. Well, you, you do have large feet, Phil. At least. Well that would make it further, done? So, don't so you? let me work this out. So when you when you talk about five bucks, right. So who gets the cash? Is this going into is this is this pool. going to the to the so it is a pool. So it goes into a kitty like the bastardized oh, version of Monopoly, where everything went in the middle of the old free parking <laughs> free parking. It. It's free parking.
1: Yeah. So everyone's
0: trying yeah, to get out of jail free
2: and then roll two fives.
0: I'm just not sure you can tax your way out of this problem, Phil,
2: of short parts. So why don't, why don't what's wrong with short putts? Well, they can't yeah, get so neither can long putts. Well, I suppose uh, they no, can. But
1: if a putt doesn't make it to the hole, <laughs> so a long putt has got a chance of going in because it's
2: gone equal. I don't to know, the but you might. my, I don't know where <laughs> yeah. the physics is well, going. Well, really, but, but it, like I understand But, the but in my case, uh, long putts tend to go well past the hole and see you. So you, you don't later. get fine. Is the point? <laughs> you don't get fine, but you hit another yeah. three putts. Sounds great. <laughs> You're not performing at your optimum.
0: Phil, last week you poo-pooed my my one ball rule, and yep. you said it might. You said it might even be the the death of the ho- this whole segment. And then you follow up with that. This was my attempt to kill the segment. Yeah, no, you've uh, <laughs> you've certainly done that. <laughs> so I'm, I'll try and bring bring a little bit of uh, credibility back to it. For me, a game cha- This would be a genuine game changer for my game, and I'm sure it would be for plenty of others. I'd love us to finally, once and for all, ditch the stroke and distance penalty. Who's with me? Who's with me? In favour of what? Give me a give me the ultimate. Well, well, it's a rule that I've never of which I've never been fond, Phil. I mean, as a discussion point, isn't losing a ball punishment enough? You know, you seen the cost of the pills these days, Phil? They're not cheap. They're not cheap. So rather than just it- just scrapping the rule altogether, because we're not radicals here at Golf Barons, but instead, what I think you should be able to do is you get to choose whether you get you want to take the distance penalty or the stroke penalty. That will encourage number one. It'll encourage some more decisive thought on the course. If you hit your provisional and you forgo, then you forgo your right for the um, to take the stroke penalty. It's a little bit like a fault. Just think of it as a fault in tennis, almost. So you hit two from the tee, not three. So you're not penalised for losing that first one, but you only get one crack at it. You can't sit up there and hit three off the tee.
1: You're not so good <laughs> off the tee, are you, not <laughs>
0: It's it. – how'd you know? How'd you guess?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you know? But did you know? Did you know? Because, you know, me being the boffin of all things, in 1947 the USGA actually brought in a rule which was distance only as a penalty for a lost ball. Oh, did they? See, Um, they were smart So in 1947 it was distance only. So the R&A was stroke and distance and that had been one of the – almost one of the first rules that came into the game. Yeah. But the USGA said, no, no, we need to speed the game up uh, 1947, in fact, at its peak, the penalty for a lost ball off the tee or a lost ball anywhere went from no penalty at all to three strokes and distance. Now, why don't you flip this on its head and say, why don't we get back to the three strokes and distance, as opposed to your distance only, because then people are going to concentrate, well, maybe concentrate more, change their club selection. Interesting. I, I
0: just don't like that you're hijacking my um my segment, Phil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, you're going the Iris drop, which is just the get to where you think it was lost.
0: Have a drop. Take a drop of one. And, hit th- and, and you're hitting three. Yep. It'll speed up the game for sure. I'm, pr- I'm trying to bring a bit of choice into this. Are you not pro choice, Phil? This is crazy.
1: It'll be much more fun. I know I actually prefer your way. I panic every time I'm sitting on a pen.
0: <laughs> well, you're not meant to sit on them. Anyway. It's like the Tiger Woods. No, I won't right, go. The hole. <laughs> they, it- they think of everything, Phil.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gentlemen, well, I have. Look, I, I've actually just thought of one. Right then, I know we're. we're I'm, I'm taking this conversation uh, into uncharted territory. You, you, look, this is this is, is, this, is the, well, this. This runs the risk of of being something that's already been discussed. That's probably already uh, has a name and is already in practice. But hey, I'm going to throw one out there to you. You start a round of golf with a set number of practice swings, and if you burn them, then you've got to play the game. Without a single practice swing.
0: <laughs> Do you know why I love this idea without even hearing more of the details? I love this idea. Are you saying
1: there's more details? <laughs> I,
0: I love this. Uh, there has to be. I love this idea because I'm not a practice swimmer at all. I don't- I'm a- once I've got my club, I'm up over it and I hear- so this is fantastic because I can't stand watching people play so a practice every- swing. So how many? The, how many do, I they, know, get? do I like, they get? like nine for the whole. round? No, you got to
2: have a number for the whole round. So if you burn fire, like if you let's say fifty for the round, that's that's too many. No, you need to you need to <laughs> tighten this up. But I think I think you've got to give some, everyone at least one practice swing. I don't think you okay. do. I'm well, pretty sure you don't have to. But it, the, the, but These the point in, the point up. is that if you burn them all early. You don't have a practice swing for the rest of your round, and you've just got to play it. And that includes putts, that includes chips, that includes everything. The
0: problem I have with this is the self-governing aspect of it, because the people I've found who have who are very, shall we say, willy nilly with their practice swinging, <laughs> are also fairly willy nilly at counting all of their
2: strokes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, a solution to that is you nominate people to count everybody, the other person's practice swing. So I'm responsible for your practice swing counting. You're responsible for Phil's, and Phil's is responsible <laughs> for mine. Heaven
1: forbid we count it <laughs> you,
2: just, you cannot I can, you can, actually can actually imagine. You know, de- defense calls <laughs> fouls. <laughs> no, defense I cannot calls trusted.
1: <laughs> but, but I can imagine. Has this for a shift, the law of unintended consequences, is the number of people who stand behind the ball with their eyes closed trying to envision (laughs) the shot. Visualise the practice (laughs)
2: swing.
1: I mean, rounds are going to go out to seven and a half hours because of nootropics, no practice swings, fear of hitting a shot.
0: And augmented reality.
1: Augmented reality of fear of dinosaurs running across the... There's
2: there's, there's a future for me in in, uh, just mythology and golf, I think. Yeah, I'm just going to register a business name tomorrow. But the, the other one I had was and I think this is an interesting t- discussion point. Every sport is trying to reinvent itself in a shorter, smaller, quicker format. Fewer players. Kind of yep. You know, it's 3 on 3 basketball, it's fast four tennis, it's, you know, uh T20 cricket. T20 cricket, um X, what was the AFL one? AFLX, which was... Yeah, You know, horrendous horrendous. and they all have different reasons for, for existing. I think the AFL one is about playing football in a rectangular shaped field because then they can take that product overseas. There aren't ovals everywhere, obviously, but there are rugby pitches and soccer pitches everywhere. What is the thing that... Can this the can this idea, can this concept be brought to the game of golf where it's uh you know, maybe it's a tournament of just part threes? Or the question I put to you guys is what are some of the what are some of the like if there is a shorter, a shorter, limited style of game. What would you want to see? Like, you know, is it a driving challenge? You know, what are the things? And we're talking about the elite golfers, so it's a, it's a, it's a one-off tournament where you have the best of the best doing something specific from the game that has become a standalone competition. Why are we in a hurry? Well, that's a good question. Correct, <laughs> because because people don't have time anymore. <laughs> people have got as much time as people have ever had. In fact, they've
0: got more time because they're living longer.
2: But maybe it's you know, maybe it's about maybe it's about <laughs> sponsorship. Maybe yeah. it's about trying to reach a new audience, lure pull in a new viewer. I get yeah, I get the point.
1: So so what's fascinating, Dev, if you if you're a spectator mm. at a tournament, and let's we'll use Royal Melbourne as an example, because it's just a great example. The the holes where the most action within the Royal Melbourne Golf Course is where you can actually at any point in time, you just turn from facing one way to facing the other and you've still got people hitting. So when we think about, if we forgetting home viewers and the people who couldn't be bothered getting to the golf course, if we think about the spectators who've made the effort to get to a T20 cricket game, which they, by the way, are abandoning in drives, or get to any other sort of game like that, they want consistent action. And, And so the holes where everything congregate, as an example at Royal Melbourne, is where most people get to see most of the action. If you think about Pure links Golf, for example, at the old course at St Andrews, because effectively there's nine holes out and nine holes back with a couple little changes at the end, at any point in time, you are surrounded by the action. So it really does come down to are we in a hurry because we want new sponsors, in which case are they sponsors that... You you want or are desperate for? Is it because people are time poor and we don't have time to play it in holes, or maybe golf's just not that awesome enough that we want to give up six and a half hours to play golf?
0: There, there's a fundamental misnomer in this for me in the in respect of I think it's more that it's catering towards or trying to cater towards people who don't actually love whichever sport insert sport here for the reasons that the traditionalists love that sport. So, you're actually trying to change a sport to get people who are not necessarily that interested in it in the first place. Um, Cricket's a great example. People who play cricket will tell you that there is nothing like test match cricket. It is the greatest sport in the world. They will tell you that to hand on their heart. And they'll still still consume some of these others. So, I suppose there is some crossover for Mm. sure. But from a credibility perspective or an exhibition of the true skill and the thing that makes the game- Because in the end, these are very skillful games that we're talking about, golf particularly so. I don't want to just see- See a a six, you know, six-hole tournament where anyone can win because it takes it takes that element of skill out of it and has a far more puts a lot more weight on luck or it just brings everyone closer together. And I I don't know, I just don't think you you'll see nearly as much excitement, I
2: guess. Well, and I guess the the thing for me is, you know, it's not always just about speed though changing the game and and with the three-on-three basketball, I mean, I. I mean, I worked at Basketball Australia when this was a concept that FIBA were really pushing, and the reason they were pushing it was not to speed up the game or to try and reach new audiences. It was still a, a, fundamentally a business decision, but it was about they saw potential in this being another Olympic sport. And the more opportunities you have to win medals at the Olympics, the more funding you get from, you know, governing body, from from, from the government basically. So this is a three-on-three three basketball is something that every, everyone that's played basketball has played three-on-three, whether it's in a training context or whether they just, you just can't get enough blokes together or, or, or women together to, to field teams. So you play three on three. It's almost like it's another game completely separate. So, I mean, I'm coming at this not from, just the, the, from the position of let's speed it up, but even just is there an element of the game that works as a standalone spectacle that could be put into a new arena and what might that look like?
0: But we've already got long drive contests, which are you know the people that love to see the big booming Mm. drives Mm. will go and see. Doesn't not excite me, but that's fine that people love that stuff. But that's not golf. That's an an aspect of golf.
1: There is one element, Domo, we're about to discover for the first time, in that there will be a first in Australia in a week's time, which is the Australian Indoor Golf Mm -hmm. Championship. Now that um, sounds like fun. So X X Golf are are putting on an indoor championship across four or five venues where all the players will compete against each other to raise money for challenge supporting kids with cancer and to help launch the doing it for Jared month. So that is actually taking the game to a different level in a completely different mm. surrounds where they'll all play metropolitan golf course, unless I'm not meant to say that or not meant to say <laughs> any of this. They'll all play Metro or, or a particular golf course, but they'll play it so the people in Adelaide are playing Metro and the people in on the Gold Coast are playing Metro and the people in Sydney are playing Metro. And, and the one element of that is that, they're going to play the two-metre gimme rule.
0: Oh, are they? Okay.
1: Whereby once the ball is inside two metres, it's ex- automatically mm. an extra putt, which you imagine extrapolating that out to a professional tournament <laughs> and the number of tournaments that Sergio now wins or Lee Westwood <laughs> <or> more <laughs> to the point a now yeah. wins <laughs> because he doesn't have to hole a, a putt under two metres. I, I think the, um, the world rankings and the leaderboard changes dramatically. How's that for an aside?
0: Fundamentally, there they are still playing golf. Though they're still they're still well, playing that, a course uh, as a course. They're playing eighteen holes. They're playing. They're driving. They're they're. Do, do you know what I mean? Like not exactly the same. But, short, this, but does,
2: it's does still this qualify golf. as esports? No, because they're actually well, doing something. <laughs> <laughs> they're not just sitting in a comfy chair. No, but they, a lot of these esports, they're not in a comfy You're chair. You're thinking more well, Wii sports, aren't eh? you? Yeah, but it's not. It's
0: not on a. It's not a game controller. They physically committing to the. Um, to I actually. know. They, well, they.
1: Yeah, they're not changing the tires on their saying. virtual car,
0: or <laughs> dodging dinosaurs. How, how, and I'm sure that if these people were all drug tested, uh, they'd all come up clean. So there's a bit of a difference between. <laughs> well, but, but, uh, but there's also a
2: difference between performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs and uh, drugs of a recreational variety. <laughs>
0: Let's not go down this track again. You and your place. new, you and your new tropics. Oh, get on no. it, Phil. Phil, we need to get a move on. I want to flick you straight over to some Gear Effect. I know you had something you were pretty keen on this week.
1: It was only it was a discussion that that came with playing golf on the weekend of how much difference a golf ball. Can make And, you know, we we spend a lot of time considering what golf ball we're using and you'll talk to an elite player who will only ever use what we'd consider a tour ball. But Mm -hmm. we saw from Kipper's review of the Titleist AVX against the Toursoft that there are plenty of elements of a two-piece ball that can compete with what we'd call a tour-quality ball. And I think this all comes down to two things. One, my golf ball snobbery.
0: Snobbery for sure, yeah. Two,
1: a little bit of Maslow, a little bit of ego and self actualization and these things, whereby maybe are we using golf balls because it reaffirms that mm. we're a good player mm. and therefore I'll buy a tour quality golf ball because I need that affirmation. It's almost
0: self-confirmation because bias. My mates are
1: <laughs> and I'm keeping up with the Joneses. Or does it actually make a difference? So if I were to go out and play with a, a pinnacle, would I get a better result or worse result clearly at the end than I would by
0: going out and playing with a pro-beer one? I, I'd suggest you'd play better with the Pro V1 because you're used to playing with the Pro V1. And so the adjustments you'd need to make for a ball that doesn't spin as much, you might not be able to make so quickly. Would that be a fair assessment?
1: So if I were to have uh, two weeks of using both to get used to both, would I be able to score differently with a pinnacle versus a Pro V1? Do you think? Or would anyone be able to? I mean, it's it's just that thing. What Are the reasons that we're choosing elite level and tour level golf balls as much ego. Of they course are? it is. Performance.
0: Of course it is. Ooh. It's like me it's like me playing with blades, Phil. <laughs> it's because I like them, not because I can hit them.
1: <laughs> That's right. But also, it's the joy of the perfectly hit shot. You know, And, and this idea and this concept, and, and I won't give anyone credit for this one, but th- the conversation was, I might not be able to drive a Formula One car as well as, who's that guy? Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> but I can still drive it a hell of a lot faster than I can a Holden. So is there that idea of it's is it, is it all just about that good shot or is it all about that well, my, my performance or am I just a golf ball star? My my question is
2: and it relates to how I view which golf balls I choose which which car would you rather be in when it crashes? <laughs>
0: yeah that's another that's a that's a great analogy.
2: Because I you'd rather be in the one
0: that's not going so how fast. How many
2: how many what, what quality of ball do I want to lose on mass in, in a in a game of golf? <laughs> Because <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs>
0: but that's also a good point, Dav. For me, off the tee, if I've got a ball that's going to spin more, because I uh, am a high-spinning player, I'm going to lose- Not only am I going to lose that ball right, I'm going to lose that ball three fairways right <laughs> when I get it wrong, <laughs> compared, to, it should be compared to a two-piece. And we saw this, Phil, earlier. Like, we talked about this probably a year ago when I started to play with it. Was it a two-piece? There was, It was a provisional you were using. Yeah, I was using provisional, that's correct. But I started playing with that and I actually played quite well, just not allowing myself not to, you know, realising it's not going to spin as much, all right, so I just play it a little bit further back, let it run yeah. up a bit more. Yeah. And it was actually fine. Fu- but then I went back to my golf snobbery because <laughs> it's hard to lose that. But there is there is something to it. There's definitely something to it.
1: So the reward is the cost, Dev, and I think your point is probably the, the optimum one, is, is the cost versus the reward. I mean, everything is... is- Is that, isn't it? It's opportunity cost. So am I willing to pay the extra money knowing that I'm going to lose it just because that one good shot (laughs) is going to come up really well? And Perennial tight ass. Well, well, I mean,
2: uh, look, my last last round was a perfect example because I brought a brand new box of balls with me. And after I lost two, I decided what's the shittest ball I have in my bag because that's going to be my next one. Because I cannot afford to lose another one of these balls because that is the track I'm on. I'm going to lose 12 of these things. <laughs> got to know when to hold. Exactly. To exactly go. right. Well, playing off that
0: a little bit, boys, After um, just based on perfor- you know, the performance angle of it all, after such a long time that we've all had in lockdown, and this is reflecting back on my own problems with the uh, r- recent round, will more of us now- or should more of us now think about investing in sort of more game improvement clubs <laughs> <laughs> rather than the top end? I mean, we need a little bit more forgiveness perhaps because we've missed out on a large chunk of practice time, a lot of building that muscle memory. Has Kilvid killed Blades for me, Phil? Kilverd Kilvid. Has COVID Who's killed, killed Blades? Oh, Kipper. <laughs> in some ways, Kipper is at every podcast. <laughs> Strixen, so should it just talk me through the couple of shots early on that led to no, this? No, I think we've covered enough of it last week. The, uh, the No, I just want to hear you say uh, it again. The, what happened? I had a couple of Hillary's so, with the blade and beautiful. I just couldn't blame, can't blame the clubs. They're perfect. They really are. I love them. But I just thought if I had my old my old clubs here at, at this, st- I reckon I'd get myself back on track quicker, even if it's a mental thing, but I just know that I've got a little bit more room to, to give or
2: So to that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You might be sitting behind the wheel of an F1 car, <laughs> not a hole. but if you can't drive, you're still going to crash it. So my point being is that even oversized, the most oversized club of all time, short of the Cleveland Vass, they all have hosels, and the hosels are all the exact same point where the club head, and this is a genuine point, where the club head meets the shaft. Thanks, Phil. So if you're going to hit a shank, if you're going to hit a shank, And now I'm not trying to encourage anyone else as they're going to the first tee today to even consider this, but if you're going to hit a shank with people watching because you're already nervous. You might as well have blades and blame them. (laughs) You may as well have the club that, like the golf ball, you may as well have the club that you're going to be happiest using in the long term because if you're going to hit El Josel, El Josel like a hosel exists on every club. Mm -hmm. So the most oversized clubs in the world, you still hit the same shank. So just go with what you uh,
2: how much? How much golf do you, do you think you'd need to play with a variety of sets to be able to make a real data-driven rather than just feel a data-driven decision about which club, which, which set is best for you?
1: I think we've proven, Dev, that feel is everything <laughs> based on the extensive review we did for <laughs> Ping with the i500 versus the Blueprint based on some feedback of are you guys coming up with any data at all or is this just two <laughs> blokes hitting balls? Creatively with drone shots, mind you. So fitting. This is why fitting is king, Dave. So fitting is king. Is that o- over the course of an mm. hour-long fitting, you will be able to definitively prove that you consistently hit club A better than club B in a controlled right. environment on that day. How that tra- on that given given day, given circumstance, given controlled environment, how that translates to the golf mm. course though, all comes down to your whether you're a mental case. What
2: level What level of golfer do you think is it takes before they say, "I'm going to get a fitting."
0: Everyone, everyone, pretty much gets a fitting these days, though.
1: No, but whether they get one or whether they're going to get a benefit from it, and Damo, Shira and I, we, we agree to disagree a little bit here. I'm of the belief that at every level, if you're an outlier, you need to be fitted as an absolute beginner. So I'm yeah. six foot six, a highly coordinated uh, giraffe, athletic type. But were I to not be fitted and just go and grab something off the rack, I'm already making the game yeah. harder for myself
0: than it needs to be. It de- kind of depends on what your What you started with that can have a real, you know, a different, a different effect on what you, on what you swing best with. For example, I started with oversized clubs because I had an uncle who his first, my first clubs I had um, was from an uncle who was six foot four. I was what was I twelve years old, and I played with these pure blades too. By the way, flashed them. (laughs) <laughs> learned on them so i initially i was quite upright in the way that i just because i just adapted you just adapt to it so I, just don't, I don't i don't know if it's quite right to say that you can't play with with different specs i think you can i think you can adjust
1: yeah you can but we're talking about not we're talking about getting a benefit of of a fitting to find what mm. your options are so mm. i agree with you that you do adjust and you do adjust with a cricket bat you do adjust with golf clubs. You adjust with all sorts of equipment. But it's about finding the optimum early. And, yeah, I do, I do believe that a fitting, everyone can benefit mm. from a fitting. I don't disagree
0: with that. Once you get, I do agree with that part.
1: One, once you get to a refined level, like once you get to an elite player, the fittings come in it's a very different way. We You start yeah. talking about yeah. flight and spin rates and things as opposed to middle contact because <laughs> ostensibly at the core of a fitting is trying to find the optimum length whereby you can hit the middle every time or as often as you And
0: want. just make it
2: go forward. Well, I, I propose, make- gentlemen, the next fitting video we do, we're uh, fitting me. He's with Dev Man. <laughs> and I believe yes. that the conclusion of that fitting video will be lessons.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> but, it may, but it may well be.
1: And, Dev, I think there's a really good insight into that because we've watched yeah. Kipper be fitted and we've filmed him getting fitted and we've Grace. watched Shooter get fitted and yeah. we've filmed him getting fitted. So I well, think you are probably um, next Phil. Yeah, that it would make a lot of sense. Now yeah. now
0: speaking of kipper boys, I think it's the perfect time to bring in this week's thop topic. Thop <laughs> th- th- topic <laughs> Phil, you're going to you're going to take the uh, take the reins here and unload. This is a question born of
1: this little thing. Apparently there's a bit of a pandemic, COVID-19, and we haven't spoken much about it in every podcast <laughs> that we've done since January. Barely touched it. However, my my hypothesis of the thop topic has COVID been the break that golfers needed? And the reason that I ask this, supply and demand. So sometimes to realise how much you love something, you need to be told that you can't have it. We're, we're denied the game of golf, and particularly in Victoria, we're denied the game of golf, and then it's given back to us. Tea sheets are full. Lots of courses are still saying it's member only because we just don't have the tea times for guests. There are people, you know, I spoke about the birdie cages in the the area, the council area that I live, mm-hmm. Every birdie cage I drove around today, I drove around five of them, and every one of them were being used at 11 o'clock this morning. Now, some would say I should have been doing some work. I was researching the topic. So has COVID been the break that golf needed because people have discovered exactly how much they do love it or how long do you think that goes on for? And what changes to the game that have happened, Dave? to your point about a flag, have happened as a result of COVID? That stick to discuss. <laughs> Or I will.
0: <laughs> Does it just seem like there's more people playing because the spacing's a lot wider? So the gap, the gaps between tea times, there's le- there's less opportunity, I guess, to play than there usually is. Because I know a lot of people who haven't got back for a game yet because they've they've been too busy catching up on other things that they've had to do. So I'm not sure it's being played as much as you're suggesting. I could be wrong. It's anecdotal. I
1: can I can tell you anecdotally, no data driven. Rounds played at the golf course, I'm a member, are 50% up. Oh, yeah, because none of you
0: work, though. So there's a difference there.
1: <laughs> no, no, but it's 50% up. So none of us worked last year. <laughs> so there's, a benef- there's been a 50% increase in tee times. And in fact, it took two weeks. In the first two weeks of May was the same number of rounds as through the first week of June or or, or, there or thereabouts. And the tee times haven't been oh, – yes, they've all been extended out, but it's not – like there's 20-minute gaps between yeah. groups now. It's not, it's not dramatic. But everywhere we're reporting, everywhere that I'm seeing and hearing, they're saying we're flat out. So As we've,
2: we've result- taken
0: golf for granted and now we're sort of going, all right, we better – we'll get out and play and let's enjoy it again. Yeah, there probably there probably is probably is an element of that for sure. Well
2: here's a here's a different spin on that, fellas, because as as you now know, I live in one of the ten dreaded postcodes that is now requiring me to be in lockdown. And the question is and I, I literally just thought of this then, I'm thinking about okay, I can't leave my suburb for anything other than well, I can't leave my house really for anything other than these four things, which is what is it work, then, which ex- is work, exercise, exercise to get food. So, so what else so, is there so in does life? That, so does that Emergency. mean that any golf course that is in my postcode can't take mem? Can't take? Are they effectively now closed, or can they?
1: No, because people can come. But can and they?
2: Not. So they. So I'm not sure. that I don't think they so can. They,
1: no, of course not. And I was talking, <laughs> in fact, to that point, Mandalay. But can they take I me? To,
2: to can they take me?
1: No, of course <laughs> so they're, not. So they're closed. So, so this is the point about exercise. So you are allowed to go out for exercise, but, golf's but not. You're exercise. not allowed to go out to fish or play golf again. So right. you're back to that. You're back to that level because some people just refuse well. to do the right thing. But Mandalay <laughs> yeah. Club, Mandalay, which is just outside mm. one of the Kolkelo, just outside yeah. one of the lockdowns, have a lot of members from inside the lockdown. And so I was talking to the esteemed manager on duty there, Marty, today, and sorry, that's just, he know what I mean, about the fact that there's a number of people, but there's a number of people ring up saying, well, I'm now not allowed to come back to the, you know, I've just been allowed to come back to the golf course and now I'm not allowed to come back again. What are you going to do for me? Which is causing all mm. these other issues. So Mandalay is in a really unique position, as is Northern, as is the other joint that yep. I can't think of, Medway, Riverside.
2: So, so, Northern, so Northern can take people but just not from... The suburb that it's in. Because I happen to be in that particular suburb. (laughs) But So it got me thinking though as well that if these golf courses were able to stay open and cater for me because I could play golf in the suburb I'm in but I couldn't play in a suburb outside of the suburb I live in, where would you guys then gravitate towards if you don't currently play at a golf course where you live? And would that actually make you play somewhere that you've never played before that happens to be on your doorstep?
0: I was going to say, if you're so if you're locked down, if your suburb's locked down, you can't play golf in that suburb, but you can't play golf in another suburb. No, either. I
2: can't. But I'm, I'm now I'm saying, now that we've worked out that I just can't play golf, <laughs> in another, or allowed in another scenario where they said, well, you can play golf, but only in your suburb. Would that, would that, I mean, that would probably for you guys make you play courses that you'd never played before that happen to be in the very place that you live just because you're golf snobs? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Pretty much. <laughs> well, I don't have a golf course in my don't council you? area, which is what the point that
0: I make. To be fair, Phil these- Phil has to drive past my house <laughs> in order to get to his club.
1: <laughs> we have these cages, we have these birdie cages, which I think every council in the bloody world should do for the good of the game. And Golf Australia and every other golfing body should be lobbying councils to do the same thing in area. Defence Council is to build these little is to build these little golf cages. So there's because there is not a golf course in our council area. Every park that we've got has got what's called a booty mm. hitting cage brought to you by Golf parents. And, well, they're not, but they are now, which is our chance to go and have a hit of golf without leaving a mm. suburb. You've got a golf course and a really good one just around the corner, so were you to be allowed to go and play there and hang out with your COVID mates? I think that I would, would I sense. would play there. And then you don't even have to deep mm. clean the golf course. Exactly.
2: You just and instead I say. have to pull out the quickster range net and give that another go. <laughs> well,
1: it's big enough. It's almost as big as it It's
0: golf a whole point. eight metres of pain. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But does the flag stick? So let's talk about post COVID. Does the flag stick rule stick around? Does I think it's going to.
0: Yeah, actually, I, I, I think that I think the flag stick rule. I think that enough people have realised it's not that big a deal, mm. and they don't want to have. You know, COVID not the only disease we're going to have that will, can potentially spread, and I think people are now more aware of that than ever. You know, obviously, you've got the, the seasonal flu and, and a thousand other viruses that are around. I think people now are going to be far more likely to just go, "Yep." We'll just we'll just play with the flag in whatever. Let's move along. I'm glad we can play, and I'm not stuck at home.
1: Bunkers preferred lies
0: in bunkers. Bunkers. I'm not sure that will stay. Oh look, there's because if you can't grab a flag, you can't grab a rake in theory. Well, you can because not everyone's going to touch the rake. Yeah, I don't know. Phil, that's the thing. Maybe the rule is you have to wear. You have to. No, I'm not going back to my glove. My glove <laughs> game changer because you hated that. <laughs> I mean, I've had to stop licking my balls because of the um, the
1: COVID rules. I mean, I've, that's a big habit wow. change for me.
0: <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. The, <laughs> oh. um, only, but Feels again, like so to, to what point does it get to, though? I mean, people are going to touch things that other people are going to touch, whether we like it or not. We can't live in a society where that is not the case.
2: I do, uh, Short of surely having a Surely, up. the surely the answer is hand sanitation at the end of or at every tea.
0: <laughs> Just wash your hands. Yeah. Wash your hands and don't stay at the ridges. The bunkers is, a, bunkers is an interesting one because I don't- <sighs> Preferred Lies, it probably makes it- In a way, it kind of makes it fit because you're, you're, kind of, you're effectively raking it with your own foot anyway. <laughs> it, I, I tell you, Preferred Lies
1: is a different- Yeah, a I heaven, think it's better. A bunker. I when I mean, you're a good bunker player, yeah. don't I? And I'm not a good bunker player.
0: And preferred lies is one of the greatest gifts that COVID has. No, given. but I love a preferred lie in a bunker as well because it just fills you with confidence. You know, you're not going to get there. It's, you know what? Yes, I've I've just done a, I've done a fill 180, <laughs> and I'm all for it. Get rid of rakes. I'm sorry, even your little paint roller rakey thing, it's all gone. Use your foot.
2: Well, surely, but what about what about the idea of every course has a bunker keeper, and their job is to just drive around <laughs> and rake bunkers, so that we don't have to.
0: I may have mentioned this somewhere before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damo actually proposed this very thing. I back, might have, I might have right? missed that episode. As opposed
1: to, he was talking about one stationed on every bunker though, as opposed, because you don't want to be the group that misses out on the bunker raker or comes first in. Whereas Damo wanted a bunker raker. Every bunker. Every bunker, which is part of
0: job It is, yeah. <laughs> we, we've got to get people back into work. We've got to get them back out there.
1: <laughs> That's
0: Come
2: on, pal. <laughs> every so
1: hole, anyway, you can have one on every hole. Was, it doesn't have to
2: be every bunker. You just have one in every hole. No, no, every, every bunker. bunker. But you're not going to be you're, you're not going to be in multiple bunkers at once, are you?
0: Uh, I don't think you've played with me enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the thought from a thought
1: topic <laughs> point of view, I think there's got to be we've got to look for some positives to come out of it. I think golf will come out of it outrageously strong, and I think golf in Australia is going to mm. come out of it because golfers can't travel; they can't go overseas on their golfing trips. They are looking to invest here and spend their money here. They're yeah. buying motorcaddy buggies instead of. You know, hiring yeah. carts. They, you know, they're doing. They're, they're changing their habits, and they're spending. Their I'd money love to money.
0: see the tourism bodies get behind. I don't know golf production style things, and just uh, <laughs> help help them just promote how wonderful the areas that we have actually are in this country.
1: Or just reply to an email. Yeah, that'd be
0: nice. That'd be nice.
1: <laughs> I don't want to ask too much. Anyway, there's my thought topic for the day. Is
0: outstanding, excellent. Well, Dave, I know you said you had something. I did. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, just just. A- Top topic, top, topic, just just extending on from my comment about you guys being golf snobs, <laughs> and <laughs> being that I'm, I'm well and truly a public golf course playing, you know, amateur, Bogan. be that as it may, it, you know, it got me thinking. I was out playing recently in Kyneton, of all places, and really nice course. But having seen a lot of the top courses in the work that we have done, fellas, you know that. There's just so much a public course can do and there's going to be something that that they are going to give up in exchange for making sure that something else is up to scratch for the golfer. And the the question I pose to you is what makes a good public course – and were you to, to to get your hands on a, on any public course anywhere in Australia, what are the things that you would invest in? What are the must-haves for a public course to make sure that it's a successful place to play?
0: Well, number, I mean, there are there are actually an, a number of public courses that rank as highly. Or right up there with um, some of the more premium public courses, obviously the Barn and, and even the Dunes, and you know several that are like that even even down the peninsula Phil, St Andrews Beach, there's some that consistently pull really well. Number one, it needs to have a great layout. But I think that goes for any golf mm. course. Is that a fair call, Phil? That the layout has to be has to be a challenge but an enjoyable and there are some fundamentals within golf that you'd want to have great, you know, big greens, running purely. Condition is definitely important, and that's probably one of the things that public courses struggle with the most and land, and probably land size, generally speaking. Yeah. But it is a bit general.
1: Given – for my dev, the answer would be start at the greens and work your way back. So if you – given the fact that on average a third to a half of the shots you're going to hit in a round, they're going to be putts you start where you're actually spending the time. So if if you played a golf course that have ordinary fairways, tees that are flat but only dirt, but you get to the greens and these putting surfaces are immaculate, they're smooth, the ball runs beautifully on them, then you're going to be far more positive about the overall golf Mm -hmm. course than having really good fairways, really great tees, um, a really nice layout, and terrible greens. So, So for mine, start at the greens and work your way back. Start where you're going to spend the majority of your time and work your way back mm. to the point where if the tees become synthetic turf where you can actually put a tee into, I don't think anyone's actually going to have too many cares about it. And when I used to play many years ago at Ivanhoe Golf Course in the late 1980s, I'm not suggesting that I'm old. 70s. There was a, no, well, well, rumoured to be, but there was a hole where they always struggled to grow grass on a tee. And so they actually dropped in a concrete slab and put in a tee and no one gave two craps. It was just, that was the tee. Mm. So, so you just drop in synthetic turf that you can actually still put the tee into, but if the greens are good, then I'm, there's a fair chance. But see, of
2: you're saying that's the most—that's the time you'll 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 play the most amount of shots. But I don't agree that it's the place you spend the most amount of time. I think you spend the most amount of time, definitely in terms of just time, is on the fairways. So I, I walk away when I get to a green. Uh, my my ambition is to get off it as quick as I can, but I remember you know the layout of the fairways you know was it well looked after you know was it was it pretty to play on you know what was just the general look and feel of the course did, did I think that they'd put in some extra effort in terms of landscaping and you know uh, you know th- that that to me and I guess that is separate from actually playing the game and you know v- yeah I mean I think if if the greens are neglected then sure you're going to remember that but I think that there's there's something to be said about you know well looked after fairways and, and, sh- and cut grass and and there's there's green on the fairway you know the fair the fairway
0: is a is a good point as well I mean obviously you need to have some good condition there and there's a couple of courses that that I used to enjoy playing but when the condition was bad I couldn't stand it like, like there was a when I was younger Growling Frog dab that you've probably played mm-hmm. in, I used to quite like a Growling Frog when it was in good condition I, I really quite liked it. So one thing I always noticed was off the as soon as you're off the fairway, it was horrendous there. It was rock hard, yeah. or it was, and you just you didn't get any relief. And often, even if the fairways were too hard, so if you if you're effectively playing from a fairway and it doesn't have any give, then you then you may as well be in the rough. And I think I think to your point, that is in it is an important element. But Phil Phil's probably I probably agree more with Phil. In the um, the putting sense, that you really need to have solid greens because mm. if if the greens aren't good, mm. then the golf's terrible no matter yep. what. The golf experience is terrible no matter what
1: because it is all our objective to get off the green as quick as yep. possible. Dav. And and so the better the greens, the less chance, the less putts in theory you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And the way we go, yeah. That, I mean, that, that look, that's the answer. But without going on. At some stage, we'll have to get a course designer on and actually ask them questions Mm. about how they Mm. design it and do a few other things. But I do, I do have a query for you, and it is a query around the rules and a little bit of because I don't want to be accused of being a cheat. The lost ball rule: you get three minutes to go find your ball. So the lost ball rule: you get three minutes to go and find your ball. Mm -hmm.
0: Used to be five. We're quickening up the game, Phil.
1: So the three minutes starts when you started looking for your ball. Yeah, but wh- is just
0: a- when do you start looking for your ball? Sorry, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but when, yeah, when does that clock start? This is one of my pet hates. They go, okay, you've got three minutes. When does it start from?
1: Approximately where you think the ball was lost. So when you stop your buggy and you start looking around or whatever, you, I mean, you kind of, no, but let's say three and a half minutes. But that's not my point right now. <laughs>
0: Sorry. We'll get on to another that. Another down.
1: But let's say your ball is a long way into the trees. But you've located it. Let me it inside. just Let's let say me just try
0: and envision. Yep, I've got something I can use.
1: <laughs> you've located it at 2 minutes and 58. Yep. So tick. Yep. You go back to your bag. How long do you get to find it again? Because it appears that when I was playing a couple of weeks ago that I did hit one into the trees and I did find it maybe at 3 minutes 38, maybe at 2 minutes 58. It took me another six minutes to relocate it because I forgot which path I walked up.
0: Ah, so you don't do the old trick of putting your hat down when you come back to the club or back to your bag, sorry. So I always put my hat down so that I know where it... Now, I am risking losing a hat if it's if it's very deep, but no, that, that's the only... Because I, I used to do that all the time. I'd come back like, where the hell, where the hell is it? And I'd lose it now. So I've lost balls that I've found.
1: But how long do you get? It, it, I mean, do you have you ever heard of how long you get to well, find it again? In
0: theory, is it not? It's not just three minutes to find your ball; it's three minutes to find and hit your ball. No, actually, it's only no, no, you're right. It, it. Only it locate actually locate says it. it in the rules.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I got him on a technicality. I ended up having the white, but it was that idea of I lost the, the ball. It was so deep in. I mean, I found 71 others, and I must say, getting back to my golf ball snobbery, they lose the best quality of balls where I play, but I, I couldn't find it. I found, let's say, 75 others, but I couldn't find my ball again until 71 minutes later. My playing partner had moved three holes ahead. It so, so in
0: theory, uh, actually, that's, not even, that's not even a rule. I was going to say you'd get, you have, what, 45 seconds, but that's just a PGA Tour rule, isn't it? That's not a, that's not a, a golf rule.
1: Well, the ball. Uh, and it's an encouraged, and it's encouraged. not even enforced.
0: Is yeah.
2: club selection really that important at that point in time? Like, can't you take a club <laughs> out of your bag and then start searching and just hit with whatever it is?
0: Oh, really?
2: Right. Is there really a need to go back to your bag? No, no, no just, just, point. just hit it with whatever you got. Oh, I'm with you, Dav. He's <laughs> a slope. This is my
0: point. He's slowing it's down really the game. is it's a really certainly good point. not ready golf, and it's you're slowing the game down, Phil. That's crazy. <laughs> you're I'm better like than that.
1: Miss. Okay, done, done. Sorry, you are better Apologies, than that. I'm done. I'm oh, out. Yeah. What,
2: what is the best club to hit? Out of really deep shrubbery, a wedge, wedge. Give yourself more loft. Are you are you are you are you with him on that one, Phil?
1: Unless it needs to go low, <laughs> in which case, take in seven clubs. <laughs> because a wedge. Because if the only gap is a gap, you're going to have to it, it, try and blade yeah, one try. or go over the top. It's a dev piece I'm of talking.
0: Tree. I'm talking about if you if you're in deep rough as you were saying, dev. yeah if, if you're in deep, deep rough, rough, you need you need yeah it's you need loft okay. to hit you out because otherwise you're just hitting it further deeper into the So
2: way. what you're saying is take a take take a wedge, take a three iron. Just don't hit it in there, Phil. <laughs> just just take the take the drop. And you're pretty good. Is what I'm saying. You're, you're yeah. Oh
1: yes. Take your drop. <laughs> Damo. Perfect. One shot. Done. I have made one yeah. Excellent. I have another one. And this is more a quandary. Ooh. Okay. This is around this is around what you do in this situation. And and this one's quite personal to me because I won't say who it was, but it was my dad. And I won't say where he was playing, but it was at Heidelberg Golf Course. And he never got many opportunities to play an on board event or qualify for an on board event, which is an event where you win, you get your name up in lights forever. Neon. So he's playing and was playing okay. And I think deep down he had this prick on the
0: rocks. <laughs> the, on the you board. might want to rephrase that, box. Phil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I think deep down he didn't is have him on the rocks. He had him on the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't drink. That's the irony of I it. I was in the pool. <laughs> so let's say let's say you're playing a match, okay, and the match is in the balance. Let's say it's all square, hypothetically maybe on the 15th green. Both players mark their ball and the world's most honest human being, being my old man, marks his ball, replaces it, lifts his marker and putts. The hole is halved. His playing partner, or in fact, before he puts out, his playing partner says, "Penalty." Yeah, sorry. What do you mean penalty? You marked your ball, or you replaced your ball too far in front of the marker. So I'm calling a penalty. Oh, the marker So O'Neera. in this match, they they didn't mark near it. They didn't have a ruler. A ruler. They didn't have a um, a rules they have official tape? with them. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it was only just <laughs> mano and mano. But what do you do if there's a difference of opinion? So my old man, the world's most honest human being, has been accused of cheating for the first time in his life by a prick on the rocks who was on the ropes. <laughs> and because he's the marker in the score, the marker is the one who's ultimately responsible for the player's score. Uh. And he's called a penalty on him. My old man went to water. The guys won two and one. And unfortunately, he made it out of the car park. So- what would you do
0: in that circumstance? I'd, I'd lose my rag. Mm. I'd, that That's that's garbage. I mean, surely if it's just man against man, then it has to be, you have to take the word of, it, it's a game where we call penalties on ourselves. He's going to say, no, no, I didn't. You were mistaken. Bad luck. And he's declared that he refused to acknowledge, he would refuse to acknowledge. Okay. Cause that you know what I would have done? On. I would have then said on the next tile, I would have said, oh, no, you've, you're three off the tee. No, no, you hit one into the scrub over there. You're teeing three, pal. Really? No, I saw you do it. Oh, now he's saying you didn't do it. So you can play it back, Phil. Yes, don't yes, fight back with <laughs> the couch. Don't submit to the mob. Don't. Give it back to them.
1: Anyway, it was a disappointing one. It was just a, a quandary. You know, we, we call it the golfer's dilemma. But but what throws you? So have you ever been in a position where you've been thrown, like, completely by something that happened and just not been
0: able to recover? I have, actually. I was, I was playing up on the Murray... And I was actually playing, for me, I was playing, it's one of the better rounds I've, I've played. I was in a really good spot, really good zone. And I made the mistake of checking my emails. And I happened to get an email that was slightly abusive. Not really abusive. It's actually by, by a friend, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Phil, who I, who I won't name. He's gone on to bigger and better things, and he did apologise to me subsequently to this. I think he'd had a couple of sherbets anyway over in the US, (laughs) but it just it rattled me. I was in I was in a really good really good spirits, and I was like, this is such an unjustified email, and it just threw me. It absolutely threw me off my game. I didn't feel like I wanted to be where I was. I wasn't wasn't enjoying it all of a sudden, and so now I don't check my emails on the course.
1: <laughs> Dave, have you in golf, basketball? Well, this is running?
2: like, and just how do you recover? This how is you- the thing about golf because, I mean, there were plenty of trash talkers on the basketball court, and they always made me more aggressive, and that always made me play better. But golf is the opposite game for me. Like, you yes, cannot agree. You cannot get angry and play better. You 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 need to move in the opposite direction. So, tell Patrick, read that. That's.
0: <laughs> but you're right, Dave. I was similar with um with football. It's- Trash-talking football just made me out cricket. Like, bring
2: it on. It's Call legend, me whatever yeah. you want I, and I, was I will drop same. five Did- threes on you and no problem. But- on a golf yeah. course, if I get sledged or if there's something that goes wrong, it's a slippery slope, and it's it might also be an ability, uh, an ability <laughs> thing correct. as well. Where I, <laughs> I knew I could play footy, and I knew well I was, that's I knew true I was as well. Handy enough cricketer, but,
0: but, golf, I'm fairly well, uh, fairly self-aware of my faults. Yes, say.
2: but you know, the the harder you try to hit the ball, and maybe again, maybe this is about being skillful, but the harder you try and hit the ball, the the worse the shot's going to be.
0: And I'm the opposite. I have to commit and hit it hard or I can't. I can't okay. It. So it's what works yeah, for well, one. So for me.
1: But it's actually how you recover. And that's. <coughs> Go ahead, so Phil. the challenge is how you recover. Because I know playing a, a, a little golf event where, you know, the old put me down for a five when you've counted six shots, mm. you sit there going, you know, how do I not take this personally? How do I not take this personally? Do you call them
0: out on it, Dad, um, uh, On Phil? Will you call someone out on that or do you just let it no, slide? No, I don't. I don't. I just it remember may, it. They
2: may have made a. Okay, it's hard to call it out because that just proves that you've no, been no, counting remember, their shots, I, right? I it just proves that you are on them. But people can make mistakes. Well, they should have Phil. been
0: counting their practice. Swing. But people can make a mistake, <laughs> and they would rather that you told them. Eight second challenge. But would- honest mistake.
1: <laughs> yeah, they would. If they'd made a mistake, there would be some conversation of "I think I may have had," as opposed to put me down like yeah, put me down for a five. And particularly when it's mumbled, you know you've got it. Yeah. But it's just that idea of how you then recover, because I know from my own point of view, I'd love to get some Joe Parent advice on getting back centered and doing the other things. Whereas I've just got steam coming out of the ears and the eyes roll back, and really couldn't give two craps from that point in time. And that was exactly how my old man felt. He, he was completely rattled, but didn't have because it had never happened in forty-five mm. years of playing forty years of playing golf. He didn't was never equipped with how do I mm. recover from that because he never had to be. Mm.
2: Yeah, I do, I do, I do love a story though where retribution. Is certainly achieved. doesn't sound like this was one of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Schadenfreude is very strong in, uh, at the Golf Barrens. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's <a> very,
2: <laughs> very, very strong
1: league.
0: <laughs> and on that note, we'll bring this Tenuous Links golf podcast to a close. Special thanks to today's sponsor, Ping, and its range of Hepler putters. Seriously game-changing flat sticks. Check them all out at ping.com. Be sure to watch Golf Barons Season 1, now available on demand on Foxtel and KO, with new episodes being released weekly. Alternatively, you can head over to baronslife.com and help us out directly by buying the full season for yourself using promo code USA to get 50% off for a limited time. And sign up to get reminders about this podcast and Barons Life Golf and Lifestyle magazine. Until next time, happy hitting, Barons. Count your shots.